0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Make Do. I'm Tiff Arment.
1: And I'm Julia Scott. And it's Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. Can I just say that I'm so, so impressed by your costume for the game? Oh, I thank you. <laughs> I was like, hey, hey, I've loved watching the stories. of, And I have to admit a little bit, it was funny how uh, on the last episode you were talking about like, oh, um, I'm going to bend the pipe so that I don't have to get any like you bends and then yep. you cursed a lot because it didn't work out. And I was a bad yes. person because I was like, I know that feeling. You're like, I've <laughs> solved this. I'm so smart. And then you're like, frick.
0: Uh, yeah, it was really frustrating because previously I've heated nylon rods for projects uh, back in my old job. And that works great because it's, it's solid all the way through. It's not hollow. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think of that with the PVC that as it was hollow, it just kind of collapsed in on itself as it heated so it did turn but it also like shrunky that was like really wet gross (laughs) (laughs) like it just it was mess but it did cool in a bend and I still have that like messed up one it looks like (laughs) a big crook like it's very frightening looking but it did work but not quite as smoothly as I wanted to so I ditched it and I'm glad Adam was like oh
1: let's go with this other style roller I'm like, "Good." I could do that one. Yeah, no, it's it's super impressive. Uh, but we should also say uh, to the listeners and to, well, I don't, and anyone else won't hear this, but thank you so much for all the nice reactions on the move to Relay. Yes, it's been so great. Everyone's been really supportive
0: and it's been so fun. And our new artwork, uh, which we need to talk about
1: a little <laughs> bit, because that was some of the comments. <laughs> it was so funny because we love the artwork, like, like we said um, and a lot of other people love the artwork too, but we did get a number of concerned comments on the Exacto knife. Yeah, uh, because okay. If some, if somehow you haven't seen it, it's like it's just a mug of art tools, and a lot of people are like, "Jeezy crazy, how can you have that Exacto knife uncovered, <laughs> just sticking straight up?" Which, which is to be to be fair. A fair point. Yeah, backstory.
0: It's my mug of things that I took a picture of, and I do not store the Exacto knife that way. this This logo idea was Julia's idea, and then I took a picture of my (laughs) stuff, and I turned the Exacto knife around. Not. I don't even. I don't even store it in my mug. Like, but I put it in there as like a representation.
1: It's a metaphysical, philosophical Exacto knife.
0: Right. It's kind of like the idea of look at all the different things in this cup that you can create with. There's like an Apple pencil in there, there's some clay tools, there's paintbrushes, and there's this exacto knife really ominously sticking out at the top. It's because exacto knives don't look any different from a pen from their backside. So I had to flip it around so you could actually see it graphically what it would be. And no sane person should ever store their exacto yeah. knife no, like no, that. No, no. So please
1: don't. No, no, no. Uh, but we we appreciate the concern. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe maybe we should uh, do an episode on like the the different dangers of being a creator and a maker. All the different ways you can injure yourself, ergonomics, whatnot.
0: Yeah, different so. ways to store your tools safely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, always have a sharps container on hand that cannot spill. So. <laughs> and uh, super glue is your friend in more ways than one. Oh my God. Can we just talk about glue for a second? I, I have ahead. a glue story. Um, I know it's not in the show notes, but I use, so I was at the hardware store buying all my bits and stuff for all of the costume making I've been doing. And you can see it all on my Instagram stories. It is. So the guy at the store, I was like, oh, I need PVC glue. Right. Cause I want this sucker to hold. Right. And he's like, oh, well, take this Gorilla Glue instead because you might want to reuse this. And I'm thinking, like, I don't want to reuse it. I'm going to make this once and I'm never taking it apart. And my son's going to play with it until it falls apart itself. And that's going to be the end of it. But I was like, okay, fine. Like, I don't know. You just get steamrolled into stuff or paint rolled into stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm making a paint roller for those who haven't seen a giant one. And so I get this Gorilla Glue and it says right on the stupid container... Like that, you should use gloves. And I'm like, whatever, I don't need to listen to this. (laughs) I'm gonna just do it and then wash my hands like a normal person. So I'm wrapping paracord all around this stuff and I'm gluing it to high heaven so nothing comes unraveled while he's like playing with it outside. And I get the glue all over my hands and I can't get it off. I've used every single thing I could possibly think of. I looked up everything online. It basically says, you cannot get this glue off your hands. So the past (laughs) like four days I've been shedding like a diseased reptile from my hands, like all of this glue. I couldn't I couldn't feel things. I was dropping stuff because like I had no more feeling in my fingertips because it was all just <laughs> covered in glue. It's been horrible. My hands were sticking to everything. It was like that moment when, if you've ever seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, when he has sap all over his hands and like he's sticking to the lampshades and the magazines. It was like that. It was it was it's quite a thing it's finally finally coming off i'm still peeling like i have a bad sunburn but it's
1: <laughs> and it's that thing with certain things like certain like paints or dyes and certain glues where you really do start wondering like okay so how long does it take for the top layer of my skin to completely <laughs> fall off where you know like, this i'm is certainly not, this learning is not, that this is not coming off with less yeah. than like time and and nature
0: yeah, and before I get a whole bunch of messages about it, I am aware that this is very toxic glue. It did say that if this happens once to you, it is fine. Uh, I did wear gloves after the first incident, so you might see in some of the stories that I'm wearing gloves. This was pre-gloves, um, and I was sticking to the inside of the gloves during that time, so that was really fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, that's, oh, I, have you been like walking around with like weird colored fluff and like bits of paper towel just sticking to parts of yes! your hands?
0: Yes, it has. I've had – there has been flecks of purple spray paint stuck to my hands, like the inside of the glue layer and fluffy things. And, oh, it's just pieces of fabric. Really, like thread. I pulled like a thread out of my skin basically. Oh, this is getting gross. But it was like, you know, in the layer of the glue. It was (sighs) – I've made I made po- I made some poor choices,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and like because sometimes I feel and I think we talked about this. Like sometimes it's fun to be like, oh, I'm I'm you know n- miscolored from my crafting, but then you never know. I think on the second to last episode of the pen addict, they talk about like pen horror stories, and yep. somebody who got ink all over their hands right before a super super important meeting like, with the <laughs> president or something. Not of the no, USA. Yeah, but, uh, I would do. I remember that story. That was good. <laughs> Because you never know when you're suddenly like, okay, I have to do this important thing now where people will see me and I look like I can't eat without a bib. Like, (laughs) Well, it looked like I either
0: had like a a tanning accident with my hands or um, I made the whole costume. So I I proudly wore my glue flake hands (laughs) out to the costume parade. So that was pretty good.
1: And sort of in the realm of costume making, I guess. Now, we have a, a listener question. Uh, from Instagram, from uh, Mm KimBat. And it was sort of in relation to the sewing episode. Uh, They ask, does Count Cross Stitch and qualify as something creative if all you do is follow instructions? I'd love to hear your opinions. Uh, What do you think? I think that it definitely is
0: because it's a skill that you're doing with your hands. Um, I think that, that you have to pay attention to it and think about it and care about it. I don't know. I feel like the element of care adds to the creativity and crafting and like that all of those ideas I think this is a much bigger show (laughs) (laughs) I think think... we could do an entire show
1: just based on this kind of question uh what do you think yeah no I totally agree because I think like there is a whole episode here and I think we'll have to come back to it because there's that idea that we touched on briefly when we were talking about like um Halloween crafting as well that like is when we talk about creativity or something creative do we mean creating a thing like making mm-hmm. a thing or do we mean creating as in from thin air nothing like this has existed before like it and I think that both of those definitions are totally valid like it's creative in that you're creating a thing that wasn't there in the sense of the cross stitch like the finished project is you finished it and you made it like that mm-hmm. maker thing like you've made the thing
0: <laughs> I think too there you can't like, how else are you going to practice? Like, if you're ever going to get to the point that you desire to create something yourself, like away from a pattern, you have to practice somehow, right? And this is a, it's a perfect way to practice. And if you never get to that point where you decide you want to make anything past that, you're, you're absolutely right. It's still the act of making a thing is the satisfaction and creating.
1: And and I mean, definitely, if you've ever seen one of those huge, gorgeous, like tiny stitched cross stitch, even if they're, quote unquote, only counted cross stitch, that is definitely a piece of art. Even if you've, quote unquote, only followed someone else's instructions, like there's, there's Mm -hmm. no way to take away from someone the fact that they have made that. And I mean, like, it's the same with like baking a cake, like is the cake less baked by you, like homemade,
0: (laughs) if you followed a recipe? I I don't think so. I think it's just as homemade because you could screw it
1: up or make it better a little bit, right? Depending on how skillful you are. Or with knitting, like if you follow a pattern, uh, yes, you're slightly less creative in the like innovation or uh, improvisation or invention concept of the word. But you still made a thing. Like, your hands made each and every... Or your machine that you programmed and know how to use made every (laughs) one of those stitches, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like... And, and I mean, there's definitely, I think, uh, some sort of hierarchy there. Like, oh, hand sewing is considered probably more artsy or artistic than machine sewing. And machine sewing something from your own pattern that you've drafted or are improvising is more artsy than... But I don't think it necessarily matters i think maybe sometimes we do i think i said this almost the same way last time too like sometimes we do put too much weight on the idea of like being inventive and being like well yeah like an innovator or a thinker upper and Mm -hmm. i don't think everyone has to be and definitely not all the time
0: no no. And some people you know, I some things I never want to get to that point where I'm a thinker <laughs> upper. Like I just wanna follow the instructions and do the things and have fun and downtime and chill with it. I don't think everything has to be a magnificent brain child, you know, like it <laughs> it can yeah. it can just it can just be and you're just having a, a stress relief moment. I mean people if you wanna compare like people read for you know, pleasure or um, downtime or whatever some other person would do a craft, and it's like, is that reading someone else's book any less valid for an activity? You know, like yeah. so it's uh, it's all relative. Do what you do, and um,
1: yes, you are creating if you are just cross stitching from a pattern. Maybe we have to get back to again, like capital C creative. Is someone who, is. <laughs> yeah, no, but we'll definitely um, get back to this as like a full-on topic because I think it's super, super interesting, just like the mm-hmm. societal philosophical concept of of creativity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, and that actually is uh, sort of our topic for the day as well because uh, we focus a lot on like visual arts, uh, mm-hmm. and s- sometimes we focus a lot just on painting. Uh, but that's I mean, it's definitely not the only kind of, of creativity that either of us does or that, that people do. So we wanted to talk a little bit about writing. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit timely, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, because sort of in the vein of Inktober, and we mentioned it last time, is NaNoWriMo, or National Novel Writing Month, uh, which is, <laughs> I put it in the show notes of kind of like Inktober, except worse. Uh, so <laughs> it's a thing where you write uh, 50,000 words in the month of November. So you get 30 days to write 50,000 words of more or less original novel is the general idea, but then people do different things with it. And it's been going for a long time as well. And I've done it a couple of times. Uh, And it's very much also like a community thing, like people do it together is a weird word, but there are like meetups and write-ins And there's an online community where you can log how you're doing and talk to other people and get. There's a social structure involved.
0: Yeah, very much so. And
1: like, because I don't think you've heard of it.
0: I I've not heard of it until you put it in our show notes, and I was like, oh, tell me about this. Um, (laughs) It sounds great, and I will not be participating. (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, it's it's one of those things that is like it's amazing and horrible all at the same time. Kind of like how I imagine a a marathon is. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've I've done it a couple of times. I've. They call it winning when you complete the 50,000 word mark within this. So I've done completed it twice. And then I've started once when I realized like this is not going to work within this month. I have way too much actual work that needs to be done and things aren't working. I don't think I'm doing it this year. <laughs> Sometimes I will <laughs> suddenly have a very bad idea into it. But I, like, I'm like i traveling within November and mm-hmm. uh, I have a bunch of stuff to do. So probably not.
0: I mean, I am a little intrigued, I gotta say. I, I um so I don't know if you know this about me or if you do, but I originally started going to college for creative writing. That's what I wanted to I wanted to be a sci-fi author. So I have done a lot of writing in like creatively uh-huh. in the past. And I eventually got away from sci-fi and really into like sudden fiction and like those micro short stories. I really like those. They're super weird. They're almost like absurdist theater where it's just more feelings and visceral descriptions than really a story and it kind of all comes together and I really like that stuff and I've written a whole bunch of it. So I do have some roots in this that are intriguing me but because I like just found out about it like it took me three years to do Inktober and even (laughs) this year I'm still like waffling about doing it every day like "Eh, not today so I think it's going to take me like another two years to jump into something (laughs) like this but I would not dismiss it completely from my life as a future possibility
1: no because what is what what is really cool about it both in general and I find for me, is that like the idea of it is very much like, this does not have to be good. Almost like the aim is not to be good. They talk a lot about putting your inner editor in jail for the whole month. Like The idea is to pound out the words, to either get in the habit or the practice of sitting down to write every day. Because basically, I mean, that is the really the only way to get it done, like writing your, what is it, 1,667 words a day, like sitting down to get it done. And to also finding the mental space to let yourself do that Mm -hmm. not just making yourself do that but to be like I deserve to sit down and to get your brain in the space of like written is better than not written and you will never you will never write a book if you're going to wait a for inspiration b for the perfect time it's just not going to happen because you need to I mean we talk so much about practice like you can't or at least very, very few people are good at a creative pursuit right away. Like you need the practice Mm -hmm. and in both senses of the word, the practice as in practicing and the practice as in the habit of, of just sitting down and pounding it out. And however that works for you, like maybe you just write the whole day is just like this one scene that doesn't even really belong in your story, but you want to sit down and just think about something. And it is really good And I mean, in a way, it's almost magical to sit down like on the last day if you finish or whatever you finish. Some people finish early and I hate them. (laughs) and just be like, I wrote I wrote a whole story because it's really easy to think that like, I mean, it is it is really hard to write a book, any book, novel, nonfiction. Um, But I think a lot of people either, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I have a book in me. There's that that cliche of, like everyone has a book inside them and <laughs> but to be like well i either either to put it off because as long as you don't do it you don't know if you can't do it but also like you're afraid of it and that was deep it is it, right <laughs> but it's just it's just nice to be like i did a thing like this is still this is a terrible story and even if it's almost okay it'll still need ridiculous amounts of editing because I mean, really, nothing you write in that tempo is going to be good, good. Well, sometimes you need to get all that terrible stuff out first, too. Oh, you have to definitely. Be like, you
0: know, because otherwise you're just going to mull over it in your brain all the time and just mm-hmm. be like wondering, wondering, wondering. And then when it comes out and it's terrible, you could be like, OK, I can move on from this. Like, yeah. I can let this go and I can move on to something better.
1: But you you did it. like, And that's always mm-hmm. a very cool feeling to be like, I finished it. I started it. I did the middle part. I hated it. I finished it. Are there
0: prompts for this? Or is it just kind of really open?
1: It's super open. Then there are both on like Twitter, you can get like a sprint encouragement and they can like sort of throw prompts at you to be like, today you have to get a penguin in your store. It's just like to get you going if you want to. Uh-huh. But really it's it's super duper open. Like it's it's your whole thing. You don't even like, you don't have to share anything with anyone. Like it is, it is kind of liberating just to be like, hey, this is a fun, weird thing. And again, like that thing of, Being like, well, I'm going to take this seriously because you do have to sacrifice a lot of stuff for it. And like people, you know, work right on their phones on their lunch break and then email it to themselves or whatever. And that, I think, is something that a lot of people are bad at. Like, I mean, we've talked about this so much, I feel like. But that thing of being like, no, I deserve to take this seriously, even if it is just for 30 days.
0: I mean, as much as we talk about it, we talk about all the time, like you just said, taking yourself seriously, making time for yourself. It is one of those things that you just constantly have to be reminded of because every single day I feel like there becomes another excuse to ignore a creative or extracurricular or like one of these pursuits that you're trying to get better at something. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to grab that excuse to move on and do something else. Like it's, it's just everything. Everything's coming at you all the time in the world and man, it is hard to hold on yeah. to the worth of your time pursuing something like this.
1: Yeah. And something that's just for yourself. Let's start with another question. What, like, how much do you write now? What made you uh, not not get your, your um, degree in creative writing? <laughs> um, well, I started, I felt like writing was really lonely. Mm-hmm. And
0: even though I consider myself like, mostly an introvert when it comes to my personal time it's it was like I found the theater and that was so collaborative and it's so different from like sitting at home by yourself and writing that I kind of gravitated to doing theatrical pursuits uh working backstage and doing stage management like I liked lists and I liked organizing and I like telling people what to do so I started doing that instead and it just became more part of my life because it's a much bigger thing to take over your daily activities. So if you're involved in a play, the rehearsal schedule alone just eats up so much time. And then if you roll into another production right after you finished working on an like one before, it just it just keeps on consuming all of the time you have. It's like this really hungry theater blob that just <laughs> consumes you completely. And all of a sudden like writing just became One of those things that, like, oh, I took, I have to finish this one class that I had, and then I can just not take any more classes and I won't be writing anymore. And that kind of is what happened to me with that. And now I only write if I have anything like to put on medium that I feel passionate about. And even then, it was only like two or three times because I mean, now with the whole. Toxic nature of Twitter and people misunderstanding everybody and having to be so delicate with how you address things for the internet to essentially take it the wrong way. It's just, it seems like nothing's worth it Mm -hmm. to write about. I know that's a really sad kind of defeatist way to look at this topic, but that's how I feel. It's, I'm too afraid to say the wrong thing and either have everyone be angry or hurt somebody unintentionally that I'm just like, ah, this isn't my passion. So I
1: I let that go. Um, That's kind of where I am in writing. Because that really makes me think about the thing that I've been thinking about about this, that I feel that writing is one of the sort of creative pursuits where it seems like more than any other, there's this idea that it has to go somewhere. Like Mm -hmm. it has to get to a point where it's shared. Which is weird, I think. Like, do you agree? Like, hmm. with, with like a lot of people, I, I I bet you paint a bunch of stuff that doesn't wind up on Instagram. And, like, you could totally paint stuff without even putting it on your Instagram. That's just the thing we've been talking about as, like, therapy and forcing yourself to do stuff. Right. But, like, it's totally legit to paint stuff or do pottery or whatever just for yourself. But I feel like there's this view of writing that, like, it has to be shared. Like, it's about saying something or, or you have to want to be published or you have to do you agree like do you do, do you get what i'm saying
0: i do i do and i i feel like writing is one of those really strange things where it, you can either do it like on your computer you could do it in a journal or something but generally even if it's on a whole bunch of pieces of paper it's generally pretty private anyway mm-hmm. the creation of it i mean how many like no one's watching you like if you're doing a painting and someone happens to come by or they're around or you have it drying somewhere. Or, you know, I just feel like it's so out there. It's such a physical object that someone can encounter it. Like it, it's difficult to keep like painting or knitting or something like that. It, it's difficult to keep that private. Whereas writing, it feels like that's such an easy thing to kind of keep hide, <laughs> private and hide that. I guess that I just made the opposite point of what you just said. (laughs) But then the idea of sharing it, it's like it's that is a big step, right? Because like you're taking it out of that private and choosing
1: to put it somewhere. The process is super private. And also like it's it's much slower to share. Like someone can see your painting or your sweater and they're like, you know, cool painting and and you're done. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas with a piece of writing, usually like someone would have to really sit down and like take A good chunk of time to read it so it's it's easier to highlight the process is secret or private like there has to be or it doesn't have to be but like (laughs) I I feel like people see it as something with a much clearer end goal like again like publishing or even even if it's publishing like on on your own blog or on medium like I, I feel like people think of it as something that you don't do just for yourself in the same way like even even if you're just practicing it's still like well you kind of always expect that someone's going to be reading it well or the, that you expect people to want someone else to read it like mm. while well, you're working on a mm. novel you're not just like well i like writing short stories or i like writing descriptions of people i don't do anything with them and that's not something i think that's as common as being like well i like to doodle you know what i mean
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I wonder if it has something to do with the fact that they there are a lot of rules surrounding language and writing. And even though, yes, you have the element of creativity and choosing where like a, a fictional character or a fictional setting goes or how you use descriptive words, I feel like there are tons of rules associated with the art of writing, that if you break those rules... It sounds bad or weird very easily. I'm reading this wonderful book right now called "The Elements of Eloquence," and it talks about how you can learn to be an extremely eloquent and um, let's uh, the word. <laughs> Speaking of being eloquent, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, an influential writer be- based on the forms of language that you use and a long time like in in the beginning of language and a lot of like during Shakespeare's time they they taught how to do this kind of stuff with these various devices um, literary devices and it's kind of fallen out of favor and now this book is kind of like in a very funny way teaching you how to add that kind of stuff back into your writing in order to be more eloquent (laughs) which I obviously need to finish the book but it's really very interesting and I highly recommend it to anybody who is interested in kind of um uh I don't know who's a little bit of a word nerd
1: (laughs) yeah but but that's I feel like with writing books or books on like the the craft of writing they are different from painting books because it feels like there is less of the crappy practice like allowed somehow mm-hmm. people people i think forget that like the same way that you can go to uh draw a naked man quickly in pencil you can also do a lot of like quick writing that doesn't mean anything it doesn't like it you have to be working on your novel and then you're like editing and work do you know what i mean like there's this weird thing that like your craft you have to be working on a piece mm-hmm. like the practice is still part of the finished piece a lot of the time like like you don't sit down to write 18 columns uh, to practice how to write a column I think a lot of the times as, as like I went to journalism school and I find this when I talk to people in the US and the UK as well like you do a lot of assignments but most of the stuff you learn on the job like you write a column mm-hmm. and then your editor tells you all of the things that are good or bad about it whereas if you go to art school like i think there's a lot more stuff that's not necessarily drafts it's practice do you know what i mean right yeah and i f- yeah. i find that kind of interesting cuz again like there's this idea that i don't know it's it's almost as if subconsciously we feel like there is a certain number of words in us and you can't waste them <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have this number of of words to put together in your lifetime when you're writing and you can't waste them on just practicing how to describe someone's dress. You have to describe someone's dress because it's either going to go in your book or it's part of the character development of the character in your mm-hmm. book. But if you're doing it just to do it, I don't know, like I, I would love some you know feedback from listeners if you agree or disagree, but I feel like when we talk about writing as a creative pursuit, it's different than a lot of other creative pursuits. Like if you if you throw out part of your novel it's still like while well, you were working on it for your novel and it's going to form other parts of it whereas like i discard a lot more like wonky lumps of clay than i generally do <laughs> writing pieces unless i give up on a project entirely but then it's still like part of something that was going to be a bigger project
0: mm-hmm. do you miss writing um sometimes like when we're talking about stuff like this i kind of <laughs> want to like go dip back and find some of my old stuff that i wrote and read it again and see if it is any good. Um, I miss, I miss feeling good at doing it because I don't know, like the reason you choose a pursuit, especially right out of high school and going into college and you're trying to find a career is because someone told you you were good at it. So it's like the stuff that I had written that then got me to the, onto the path of saying like, Oh, I want to be a writer. Uh, you know, of course you miss that you know, you you miss being told that you are proficient at something. Um, so yeah, but not enough to do it (laughs) (laughs) anymore. You know, I just feel like I've moved on and, um, my husband is a very good writer. I know it sounds weird to say, but like, I feel like he's the writer in the family. So he has that role, not that he took it from me or anything, but it's like, oh, he's the one that's great at writing and I do crafty art stuff you know like so not that you can't share a role but I don't know like you know sometimes when there are people in your life that just get better at something than you are then you're like oh okay you have that thing I'll go find something <laughs> it's
1: else but you know that now that you're talking about like missing it but not enough I realize like that's kind of how I feel ironically enough about theater Um, because mm-hmm. I used to do a lot of theater like in, in school and like I, I miss it Because it was a thing that I liked and that I was decent at and it was like a big part of my life. But I don't miss it enough to pick it back up. Like it was a thing and it was a part of my life and it was part of my life that really made me grow. But like it's okay to not do it anymore. I think.
0: I mean, there's only so many hours in a day. Like, it is so hard to just even get done the one thing that you actually do want to do, like to add in all the other things that you just kind of miss. And you're like, "Eh, I probably should do that because I did that once. It it just it feels like that's a recipe for a really, really overwhelming, stressful situation.
1: But I do think that what is cool is like in, in that idea of maybe like everything has to have an end goal is with the Internet for the past well, let's say 25 years, like when, when the Internet has been generally accessible to people is it created so many avenues to practice your writing and share your writing in a very low key way. Because I think that mm-hmm. like maybe our generation and onwards, people talk about like, oh, people on in- on the Internet can't write, like they can't uh, they can't spell. They don't know how grammar works. And I would disagree because I think that our generation And onwards has had this amazing opportunity to practice our writing, practice our written communication skills, like even in chat rooms, but especially with blogging, people who write fanfic, like all these Mm. ways to practice uh, that, that doesn't need the gatekeeper of editors and publishers for better or for worse very much. Uh, but where you can just like practice and practice and practice and you get feedback and you get response and you can read other people's writing as they are evolving and growing. And I think that's really cool to see, to have people who like, well, this is just a blog post about like, oh, you felt a thing uh, when you went home for Christmas and talked to your mom. But they like some someone finds this one turn of phrase that like does something to you as a reader. And mm-hmm just imagining like those people some of those people might have you know tried to become writers anyway or tried to become writers 60 years ago as well but that opportunity to practice and practice and practice and practice and that opportunity for me as a reader to find those amazing magical people and i think that's that's really cool like i know that i've grown as a writer immensely from having blogged in several different ways on lots of different topics for Many, many years like I've I've always written and I know that going going to school and working as a journalist and and writing books with editors obviously has made me grow as a writer. (laughs) But the blogging and like having that thing of getting getting that feedback as well of someone going like I love the way you described rain falling on asphalt or whatever like and 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 not needing it to be in a bigger context to just do the blog post Mm -hmm. of like I was in this place and the asphalt smelled like this. (laughs) <laughs> do, do, were you a blogger ever? No, I've
0: never blogged. <laughs> I had a Tumblr, you know, like everyone, but I never really.
1: Were blogged. you were you a re blogger more than a blogger?
0: No, I put up my own pictures. It was a lot of like just <laughs> visual situation. Um, I throw pictures up of you know Instagram stuff or my life or um, photo shoots I did of my cute baby. But <laughs> that was a that was about as far as it went. I just I never. Every time I would write something blog style, I just felt like I was being really fake. That's just it Mm -hmm. was it was my problem, not anything else. It was just more of like, I just don't feel like this is me. And then I walked outside and (laughs) and the air was like this and my baby laughed and my heart was full. I, I don't know. I, don't know. Like, I was just like, it doesn't feel like me. I'm <laughs> covered in spit up. <laughs> you, had to, you had to wait for Instagram. That was more your jam. Yeah. I'm more of a pictures worth a thousand words kind of gal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, I never felt genuine enough in that kind of everyday writing like blogs tend to be. Um, when I, like I was saying, when I got into really like sudden fiction and like really weird stuff, like, I wrote a story about like, when I was in early college, like about this boy who became an embalmer because he found like a dead animal in the woods. Like I wrote weird <laughs> stuff, like weird stuff. And
1: did you ever write poetry?
0: Yeah. Weird poetry. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, when I was like a really young teenager, like or not even a teenager, like 11 or something, I was published in some like young poet anthology thing. About this poem about a tree
1: and it being sad. <laughs> <laughs> I was part of the poetry club at my high school. And so we had poetry readings. And then at, at the end of the year, we would, of the school year, we would have some selected poems from the different people in the club would be like bound into this nice little book. And I can miss that too, like the performing <laughs> of writing. Because that's, but that, I mean, I mean, jeez, we were, we were like 17. It was, yeah. you know, 15 to 17. It was not... It was it was not a dignified time for anyone.
0: When I was into writing, I was into trying to figure out who I was. And I mm-hmm. think that by writing a lot of creative weird stuff, especially sometimes a little bit creepy or sad, I was I was trying to be deep when I was young and didn't have anything to be deep about. <laughs> you know, like I, I had no like my life was really great. And I was trying to find meaning in that, just being happy. Like, cause it, it takes a while. Like, I don't know. You, when you're a teenager and you're going through everything, you're like, something needs to be making me feel bad. Like, you know, <laughs> like I, I was trying to be like Daria <laughs> and I, I, I just, I had nothing to be Daria about except for <laughs> what I creepily wrote about. So I guess that's where it it all came from and maybe I just grew out of it eventually and, <laughs> I realized I had nothing fun to write about, and that's why blogging was hard. So, who knows? I I don't know. Um, now we're going through therapy. What you always do this to me?
1: <laughs> it's it's my most charming. You make me trend. evaluate my life. <laughs> I do love though those like the I know the the moth. Um, sometimes has those like le- read your like cringy. Uh, Or I mean, lots of different places do public readings of like cringy diary entries, cringy poetry. I I love it so much. Cringy diary entries are so good. (laughs) Nobody is. I mean, even the people who are good writers when they're teens. I mean, I was I was a good writer, but I was still very much a teenager. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's that thing of like, yes, we we all had to go through this. Um, But like we have the phases of like the fashion phases and then the writing about like deep dark uh cemetery stuff phase and then some of us just get stuck in the can I describe the smell of rain
0: yeah it's basically like in the puzzle of my mind <laughs> 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 oh we should have a cringe fest sometime I, <gasps> I would like to do it <sighs> a, a little oh maybe that could be our member special where we just like read our terrible old poetry <laughs>
1: and, and did a wrote. special video episode where we show like oh look this is me drawing half naked ladies when i was 14.
0: yeah yeah we could post our old terrible artwork and read aloud our bad poetry
1: i think it's why good. why why do you why do you do this to me i'm i feel bad just thinking about it oh i think oh, it's no. fun <laughs> i like that awkward feeling it's good yeah. <laughs> i think though that Really, like, if, if you if you feel like you want to write more or you feel like you should be writing, like, for yourself, not like, oh, it's something that I should be doing. I do think that, I mean, NaNoWriMo is a pretty brutal version of it, but just, I feel like this is, I mean, in the therapy sense of the word, we come back to it. Almost, almost every topic is, like, just do it. Mm-hmm. Like, just out is better than in D- done is better than not done and then there's you know all that stuff like um, perfect is the enemy of good and perfect mm-hmm. is definitely enemy of of, of doing I don't care so much and i know that's hard to say and i mean i i'm definitely being hypocritical because for me writing is such a large part of like who i am and how i identify and quality like it's it's really it's it's hard to write bad stuff when you're like working your way through whatever it is or or whatever your pitfalls are whether they be grammar or like me uh writing very very long sentences with lots of commas don't like very much don't wait until you have either the time or the inspiration i think mm-hmm. even more than with painting cuz like you can sit and doodle and like feel like you're getting something done that way but like if 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 all you want to do is write little silly poems do that don't feel like you have to do a big thing and if if you want to write a novel start this is not a very good self-help episode I'm sorry. <laughs> Do the thing, just do the thing. Duh, just do it. Like like when we're like I am achiever, please notice but don't mm-hmm. notice that I'm I'm bad at it while I'm practicing achieving. I'm going to go find my old garbage stories and <laughs> read And them. I'm going to I'm going to uh hide in the basement from trick-or-treaters. And uh go eat some cake. Anyway, uh our show notes, which will include uh info about Nana and I don't know, possibly bad poetry, no promises. Uh you can find them I at promise. Relay.fm <laughs> slash make do. And we are make do pod at uh, on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us at make do pod at gmail.com if you want. Uh we are at Tiffany Arment and at Julia Scott, respectively, in most places. And we will be back in a fortnight. But until then, go make and do.